The whole point of us to go to Ghana and Senegal and to go to Brazil was to make that connection that especially the Portuguese and Spaniards and, and the rest of the colonizers were bringing slaves over from Africa over into Brazil and the Caribbean mm-hmm. and all sorts of areas in South America and North America. Yeah. And when I got to Brazil, you can see the syncretism of the cultures and within the people and how they look. And I never felt so more at home. Sometimes in America, I felt like we stick out like a sore thumb. But in Brazil, I felt like I was an everyday person. Wow. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I love samba. The people, the music, everything was just off the chain. So yeah, yeah. Brazil was like my... Number one, thanks, Beyonce. Thanks for you waking me again. <laughs> y'all go watch Black is King, y'all. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. My name is Danielle. And I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Anjali, or AJ, as the guest. Before I tell you about AJ, I do have two announcements. So, just like I said in the previous episode, I am winding down Young, Gifted, and Abroad for the year. So this episode you're listening to right now, episode 70. Wow, 70. (laughs) Um, This episode is the last regular episode that will be coming out in 2020 but if you stick around because we have reached episode 70 um, if you don't know every 10 episodes I like to mark those small milestones by doing a 10 cents episode where it's just me talking solo reflecting on the show and expressing gratitude and all that it's called 10 cents because instead of sharing my two cents i'm sharing my 10 cents because 10 episodes you get it you get it (laughs) so i will be putting out a new 10 cents episode next monday november 2nd so you can look forward to that and i'm sure you all know what is happening the day after november 2nd election day in the u.s on november 3rd And I'll just say, y'all know what we need to do. I know it won't fix everything, but let's replace 45 with 46. All right? Okay. So (laughs) the second announcement I have is that NB, who was the guest on episode 54 of this podcast, she wrote and created an audio story. It's a short story about the pandemic from the perspective of animals, like woodland creatures. And so it's called Animalia, and NB invited me to be a part of it. So Animalia was released this month by a podcast company called Studio Ochenta, which is based in Paris. So in the English and French versions, of that story, I play the character of Raven, or Corbeau, and yeah, so if you would like to support NB, and also hear me speaking French, and making bird noises, (laughs) 
then make sure you check that out. Once again, it's called Animalia. It was released by Studio Ochenta, and it's part of their series called Ochenta Stories. I will link that in the description for this episode, as well as in the blog post for this episode on younggiftedandabroad.com. So, yeah, be sure to check that out. And thanks again, NB, for thinking of me, and it was lovely working with you. Now, about AJ. AJ is from Colorado and went to college in Houston. And while she was there, she heard from a friend about a program called Semester at Sea. Her friend had done this program where for a semester, you live on a cruise ship and take classes on that cruise ship while sailing around and, and getting to visit various countries. That's the program, that's how you spend your time. And so AJ wanted to do that, and she did. With Semester at Sea, she visited over 10 countries. They started leaving from London, and then mostly stayed in Europe, and you'll hear about why that happened. Uh, But then she also got to go to Morocco, and then they sailed to Brazil and parts of the Caribbean before ending their journey in Florida. So that was AJ's journey, and you get to hear all about that. You'll also hear about her favorite and not-so-favorite places that she went to (laughs) during this time. And also, AJ is, in addition to being someone who appreciates travel, is also the host and creator of a podcast called She's So Real, where she interviews women who work in various sectors of the entertainment industry. So film, TV, music, you name it, she's trying to talk to everybody. (laughs) and what was interesting is that you know AJ is still still lives in Houston now and so she told me about you know her perspective on the entertainment industry being in Houston but also something I didn't consider is that um, just like I've spoken to other guests about how the virus slowing travel down this year how that has had a ripple effect for people like me and others who create travel focused blogs and podcasts and whatnot the same thing has happened for the entertainment industry and so the entertainment industry slowing down that has affected aj and what she had planned to do for her podcast this year or where she wanted her podcast to go so uh, that's something i hadn't thought of previously and so you'll hear her insight on that but aj is still going strong and i just think she's a really delightful person we had such a fun conversation and i feel good about this i think aj is a great person to close out young gifted and abroad with in 2020 so yeah without further ado sit back relax and enjoy my interview with my friend aj joyce And I'm glad that, you know, in the midst of you hanging in there, that you were able to make the time to talk to me today. Um, oh, yeah. no, no problem. Or fellow <laughs> uh, WOC podcaster, I, we need to do this for each other. So, and oh. I love what you're doing, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for 
agreeing to be a guest. Uh, this should be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to see how our conversation goes. <laughs> Definitely. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we start with you introducing yourself a bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, I go by AJ Joyce, and I have a podcast by the name of She's So Real. My actual real name is Anjali. The only reason why I did acronym or a nickname is because sometimes people don't <laughs> don't normally uh, say it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I went to the University of Houston, whoop, whoop, and I majored in anthropology. However, I did a turn. I, I originally wanted to be like the Black Indiana Jones, but I did a lot of event planning on campus with the student program board I was with. Mm. And I transitioned into catering and event planning. And then all of a sudden now I'm transitioning into something else, graphic design and hopefully web oh, design. Cool. So so I'm all over the place right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool though. That's cool. Have have you been in Houston like your whole life? Is that where you're from? No, I do not have that Houston twang to my voice. <laughs> I am actually a Coloradoan. So oh, okay. But I lived in Houston for about roughly eight or nine years now. So, and according to some of my Texan friends, I am I am now getting the Houstonian card now. So <laughs> <laughs> I say y'all a lot. So I, I guess I am adapting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's nice. Wow. Okay. And so at some point you, let's see, you traveled to over 10 countries with Semester at Sea, right? Yeah. Can you, um, first, if if you could explain what Semester at Sea is and then also Uh how you or why you decided to, to participate in that? Definitely. Well, Semester at Sea is basically in all short terms, it's like, a cultural experience immersed with a university on a boat. That's all it is. Mm. That is all it is in, in simplicity terms. It's just studying abroad on a boat. Think mm. of like a cruise ship, like Carnival or something, and you are doing classes on the cruise ship as well as whatever country you're doing, and you get to do solo travel on top of that. Mm. So that semester at sea, I had an awesome time with SAS. And the reason I chose to do it is my best friend at the time, she did semester C a year before me, and she was able to travel to all these different countries. And usually most study abroad uh, programs only allow you to like one country or you only study at that one university in that country. Mm-hmm. So, and I wanted a more uh, worldly experience and, and see more things. So, and I asked, hey, what, what is that that you're doing and all that? And she's like, oh, it's semester at sea. You should really look at it. You know, I think you'll enjoy it. And since then, I like, on my last year, I actually added on one more year before I graduated just so I could study abroad. Mm. I, I made that. So, and yeah, I studied abroad for that first fall semester. And it was great. I don't have any regrets about doing semester at sea. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good. You know, that's, that's kind of the best way to feel about it. Um, coming away from it that you enjoyed yourself and don't have any regrets. H- had you, uh, traveled internationally before you did semester at sea? 
Yes, I have family in Germany, and then I, of course I've been to I've been in Mexico, and uh, there's somewhere else I've been. Now I can't remember. That's <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, I have uh, traveled internationally before, and but I would say after semester at sea, I made it more of a um, goal to do that because I feel like. My experience before was more closed in, just living here in America. Mm. And when you see the outside world, it's a totally different approach and interaction overall. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so this is just something I was personally curious about as someone who... I'm not afraid of water. I know how to swim, but I just <laughs> have never had an interest in being on cruise ships. I think mm-hmm, I saw... Mm-hmm. I think I saw the film Poseidon like too young. And so that kind of just made me not want to be on a cruise. Yeah, I feel your pain on that one. (laughs) Um, So I enjoy the water, but I just have no interest in cruises, at least not not yet, at least. So I mean, but did that pose any sort of I mean, did you feel any type of wave about like being on a boat for that long? Well, funny that you say that because sadly, I meet that bad stereotype about black people who can't swim. Mm -hmm. So that is me. And then two, I get motion sickness. So I had to have like ginger chews and drenamine with me like all the time. (laughs) So that was the only, I guess, downfall of it all. And when you see like the water go back and forth Mm -hmm. and and stuff, and we we rarely had storms happen where the boat is rocking back and forth like that, but Mm -hmm. you can still feel it a little bit. So, however, if you just take some Drenamine with you and drink water and keep yourself stable and everything else like I did, I think you'll be just fine. Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, I had... I had to think about it, too. I was like, Julie, are you ready to go on this boat? Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. 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 Um, And so, and this, the ship y'all were on, was this like a ship just for the program or were you, was it like a, like a carnival boat that just happened to have, you know, this program happening on it at the same time? So the the ship that they have is called the uh, MV Explorer, and it's just one ship, and everyone knows it. And I can't remember if it was, like, donated to the program, Mm. but they only use, like, one ship. And it it has the same setup similarly to, like, a carnival ship or or something of that sort. You Mm. know, you have your your cabins, and you have your little kitchenette area. There's, like, a bar uh, there's an area where folks come together for entertainment. There's there's areas for the classrooms. I mean, the way it's set up, of course, you know, they, they took some of the entertainment aspects out that, that you would see in a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still pretty cool. It's it's kind of hard to explain because you have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. So, well, okay. So, like, starting out, where did you all leave from at first? Um, we've actually left from London and we traveled all throughout Europe at first. And okay. then we were supposed to go to Ghana and Senegal and explore more of the uh, West African region. But Ebola hit at the time. Mm. And so they canceled that and they rerouted us back into Europe and we went um, 
to several places in Spain and then also a little bit longer time in Italy. Okay. Uh, we also touched base in Russia and St. Petersburg and then we made the Atlantic journey over and the whole point of that journey was to um, reflect uh, of course on the Atlantic slave trade and everything else like that and that's why it was also another significant um, ride with the MV Explorer at the time Hmm. so when we did that we went from I can't remember if we left Morocco or Spain but we left that region area and we went straight across and we went into Brazil Oh, that, wow. Yeah, that was an awesome time. Like, I cannot. <laughs> it, it was so great. So, and we explored Brazil. Then we went up to the Caribbean and went into um, Cuba and Barbados. And then we stopped in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. And then we got off. Wow. So, Yeah. It was very awesome just because mm-hmm. I've, I've been to Europe before, but I never got a chance to explore that much. Like I went to Poland. Uh, I never got a chance to really get into Italy, France, Portugal, Spain. And then Russia was was all in itself. Like not many people could say they've been to Russia, mm-hmm. you know. True. So and then when we went down to um the only, I guess, the only aspect we went to in terms of Africa was Morocco be- mm-hmm. due to the whole Ebola thing. Yeah. So, and that was awesome to see. Like, it it was just like Marrakesh and some people went to Fez and, oh, I just want to go back now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <It's> understandable. <laughs> yeah. So, my, my biggest regret, of course, is that we can go into West Africa, but now that I'm more grown, of course, have more control of my money and things like that, it is definitely on my to-do list. Yeah, that's a shame you didn't get to go because of uh, health concerns at the time, but, like, you still had an experience where you got to see various places, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. So, when you say you started in London, so did all of you have to fly yourself like get to london yourself and then congregate yeah at the the ship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so in terms of like getting the funds together that is literally all on you Mm -hmm. unless you have like a scholarship coming through for you which i did have Uh, at the time i had uh, the gates millennium scholarship Mm -hmm. so i already had like a full ride to college but i also Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> so, and I used that at part of that scholarship to cover for for a semester at sea. And mm. I was so grateful because I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to pay for this. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a, a pretty feeling. hefty. It is. <laughs> it's a pretty hefty charge. And, and a lot of people usually take out a loan just to go, like an extra loan on top of what they already have. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful uh, about that but yeah you have to really um you have to think about not only getting yourself to the dock point and when you dock off like money for that but also money when you're going into countries for traveling Mm -hmm. for excursions uh things on the boat you know they have a little gift shop or toiletry area a shop where you can buy from, snacks, all types of things. So you Mm -hmm. have to really budget out for that. And it may be a little hard at first because you don't know what your expectations are and some things are on the fly. 
but I say over budget, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, so you had an all right time of that in terms of budgeting and everything. Once you got the, I guess, got into a rhythm or knew what to expect, you were able to do that uh, pretty well. For the most part, yes, but there'll be moments where you're like, oh, I really want that, or I really want to do that, but I already allocated this money to, <laughs> to here and there, you know? Yeah. Um, I, it's just a matter of picking and choose, choosing what is more important to you, and I would definitely say most people on the ship would spend money, of course, more on experiences mm-hmm. than on materialistic things. Right. Of course, you get like little gifts for your family and, and your friends, but uh, most of the time, everyone is spending money on going to this museum or going to another part of the country or traveling with their new friend to go here. Mm-hmm. I knew a couple people who went skydiving, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that that's awesome to me. So um, I think if you... If you utilize your money wisely more towards experiences, you'll have a grander time overall. For sure. So as you mentioned, this was like um, cultural exposure, you know, visiting all these different places and experiencing all these different cultures. But there's also, uh, like you also had class, right? So how was that that structured? So it was just like going to college, like Mm. no joke, like. Before you get on the boat, uh, you basically confirm and so well. You let me backtrack. You you select your classes just like you would in normal college, mm. and of course, with any study abroad program, you just have to make sure uh, it transfers over or it qualifies for another class that you would normally take mm-hmm. at your home university. So, and then. Yeah, you, you get your schedule and then you get on the boat and at, and each teacher has like their homeroom or their main classroom area. And yeah, it functions just like that. Okay. It functions just like that. The only thing is that no one has like a night class or anything like that. Mm. I think everyone stops, I would say roughly maybe one or two hours before dinner time, which is like at five unless it's like a special dinner or something yeah okay and, and do you remember what you ended up taking what you what classes you ended up taking on the ship yeah I was at a point in my degree where I fulfilled all my major requirements I just needed some electives so I just took anything I wanted mm. um I did a drawing class I took a art history class I think I took a math class for fun because I like math. Okay. And and then there was another one I couldn't remember. But yeah, for me, it was just more like just learning about different things Mm -hmm. and just just having a grand old time. I didn't mind doing the homework. And they do give out homework just like they would any other, (laughs) you know, a university. The, The only difference is, is that they'll usually tie it into the country that we're docking in. Mm-hmm. And then they'll also say, pull real life experiences from your travels from this country mm. to apply to this homework or this essay or project that we're doing. Right. So yeah, I had pretty, I, I would say I had easy, uh, easy course curriculum just for the fact it was more so electives than anything. And yeah. I was ready to graduate. So I was just kind of free. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you know how that feeling is. Yeah, know? yeah, I do. <laughs> so you're like, I just want to finish this and go out there. So right. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And about how many other students were on the trip with you at the time? Oh, man, this is always the hard part. I, man, um, I have to honestly look it up, but I am really throwing you a ballpark here. I want to say max 200 okay. with teachers and yeah. staff, I want to say, but I have to look at it again. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. And were they kind of like... Well, were there only American students or was it students from like anywhere in the world? Yeah, there were. Uh, we had a, a student from Egypt, oh, okay. um, one from Spain. There was another uh, girl who was a good friend of mine. Uh, she also was from another European country. Mm. We also had a lot of foreign students. Uh, foreign students that were from like American universities. So one of my good friends, she was from Malaysia Mm. and she was getting her degree at the university of Iowa. So, and she also came on board too. So you had a lot of that as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. um, Mix of people from all different, all different types of places. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I will, I will point out this for sure. There still needs to be a push for having more diversity on the ship. And I think the biggest kicker for that as well, well, multiple ones, is that just like your show is about giving POC more opportunities and more information about study abroad Mm -hmm. uh, programs and cultural excursions during this period of their time, I don't think many people of color know about things like this when they're at their universities or their colleges. Yeah. So that's one thing. Cause I found out through a friend, you know, if I didn't find out through her, I would have never known, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, two, the amount of money that you pay to go on semester at sea is a big chunk. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that POC people can't afford it, but we're usually on the lower scale of going forth on those types of things in terms of like getting a loan out for or something like that, you know? Mm, Yeah. So I would definitely encourage, excuse me, encourage a lot of POC to take advantage of this opportunity because I cannot express enough the gratitude and also the experience I've had even afterwards from doing SAS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good point that, um, you that you bring up because I think I don't know I don't remember if I had heard of semester at sea before like it sounded vaguely familiar like when I read your email I was like okay that sounds vaguely familiar Mm -hmm. I don't know much about it I don't think I knew about it when I was in college and the only thing that was somewhat similar that I knew someone had done they did like it was either a semester or a whole year on a ship but it wasn't semester at sea and I think I think it might have just been within the states and and she was a white girl so <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, i mean she's she was cool you know but um, yeah, yeah. you know so i didn't i didn't really know that much about or hadn't really heard about semester at sea either so that's a really good point is that there's these things out there that like either people don't know about or they even if they do it's just like 
just doesn't seem very feasible in terms of how much it costs, you know? Um, yeah. Especially yeah. with cruises. Like, I know you weren't just, like, leisurely on a cruise, but, like, cruises in general tend to be really expensive right. anyway, so. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'll back, backtrack a little bit on my statement. I guess for any student, because, you yeah. know, at, as a college student, we're all struggling right. just to pay off student loans while going to class and getting our jobs and, you know, yeah. so forth and so forth. So it is a, a hunk of money for sure to yeah. uh, push out. But but the SAS income does... disparity is real, like you said. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is. It is. But I will uh, also say, too, SAS does offer scholarships as well, and you can apply for those. Mm. So okay. um, they offer every year for each um, cruise that they do for every semester. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. So of all the places that you went, uh, I know it's probably hard to choose, but did, did, <laughs> did you have a favorite of all the places you visited while you were on the ship? Yeah. Oh, man, it is so hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I actually have three places that were all my ultimate favorites, but okay. I, I'll just try to pick my top one out of the three. So I'll just say, okay, I got... Brazil, Morocco, and Italy. I'll start from bottom going up. Italy purely due to the history and it is so beautiful. And it's just it's just so amazing to go to Italy, period. Hmm. And I had a grand spanking time with a whole bunch of my friends. And the food is just off the chain. I just can't say enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um Morocco, secondly. For the fact that I love flea markets, I love bargaining, and I love meeting people one-to-one. And I feel like I had a lot of great times just meeting, mm-hmm. you know, the local folks there. And it's also beautiful itself. And then Brazil is my number one for the reason that I felt some, you know, I recently watched Black is King, so I'm a little oh, on that too. high of ancestral. <laughs> deal so but uh if that if that makes any sense where i'm going with this (laughs) but after we made that you know the journey over the atlantic ocean and you know the whole point of us to go to ghana senegal and then go to brazil was to make that connection that especially the Portuguese and Spaniards and and the rest of the colonizers were bringing slaves over from Africa over into Brazil and the Caribbean Mm -hmm. and all sorts of areas in South America and North America. Yeah. And when I got to Brazil, you can see the syncretism of the cultures and within the people and how they look. And I never felt so more at home. Mm. It felt so nice. And I, you know, like sometimes in America, I felt like we stick out like a, a sore thumb. But in Brazil, I felt like I was an everyday person. Wow. <laughs> so and I had people come up to me and speak Portuguese. And sadly, with my Americanized high pitched voice, <laughs> you know, it, it drew them back. But they were nice to me. <laughs> but I also had my fro out at the time and yeah. everything else. So um it was just so nice to feel that, to feel that I blend in in that. And then two, Brazilian culture is off the chain. Mm-hmm. I love samba, the people, the music, everything was just off the chain there. I never felt so more at home. Wow. Uh, 
I wish I could say that if we went to Ghana and Senegal, but we didn't. Yeah. But I, I never felt like so at home. So yeah. yeah. Brazil was like my number one. Thanks, Beyonce. Thanks <laughs> for you waking me again. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna drop chips there. Y'all go watch Black is King, y'all. <laughs> No, that's 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 beautiful though that you so have that sense of connectedness because you know, um, you know, black is black is king. You know, that's a major part of it in terms of connecting people of the diaspora or Afro descended people, however you want to say it, to Africa, and and acknowledging Mm -hmm. like how there are black people everywhere and we all bring something bring something yeah. to it so that the fact that you got that sense in brazil which i feel like a lot of people don't know has a ton of black people in it i don't know if it's actually yeah, a majority or not but there's know. tons of afro brazilians as well so i'm really glad that you did get that that feeling and that sense of connectedness to i guess to your roots in a way even though you didn't get to go to to west africa that's still really right. nice. Like, yeah. it's very present there. Like, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I know this podcast is not about Beyonce. No, that's okay. Like, what she? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. Behiver here. <laughs> but the things that she touches on in there are so present in the Brazilian culture. Yeah. It is unreal. Mm-hmm. It's so unreal. It's, it's so there. Like, the Orishas and... And all those kinds of things. And, oh, I can go on this all day. But, yeah. 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 No, I totally, <laughs> now you I, know. I totally get it. You know, I'm not a, I'm not part of the beehive, I would say. But, you know, Destiny's Child was my favorite when I was a kid. And I've, you know, followed Beyonce's career. And I was one of those people who maybe foolishly or not foolishly, depending on your perspective, stayed up until 3 a.m. so I could see Black is King when it went live. So I totally understand. You sure you're not a beehiver? Because, you know, you stay it up. Well, I feel like I'm just not active enough to really claim that. And, yeah, I've never been, like, a super fan in that way. Uh, but I don't know. It was just curiosity's sake. It was like, okay, if I see it now, then no one can spoil it for me. And I'll know exactly what everyone is talking about right off the bat. I think that was mostly my motivation for watching it at that time. That makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate your explanation. Yes. Oh, no, Black is King is great. So, you know, no no need to apologize for bringing it up or, you know. But yeah, Brazil. Brazil was your favorite. Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense why Brazil was your favorite. Um, did you have any place that was like your least favorite or somewhere that you were like, I do not want to come here ever again or <laughs> maybe not? France. France, I, really? Yeah, wow. I am. Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I'll okay. say countryside France, yes. Paris, France, no. Oh, wow. No. Like I, and maybe this is uh, partially my fault is the fact that I did do the touristy things. And the reason only is because I've never seen it. Mm. You know, they talk about, you know, the Eiffel Tower. They talk about, you know, Notre Dame and the Louvre and all that. The only thing I found nice was going to Versailles. But other than that, I did not like Paris, France. Mm. And one of the big turnoffs for me was, was the people. Okay. 
And, you know, I understand that I am a Taurus and I'm invading your country. <laughs> so, and I know I don't know a speck of France, uh, French, but I tried my very best and mm-hmm. it just didn't go well. And then two, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like Paris was just like another New York mm. in a way where everything's busy, busy, busy. You know, seeing things is just, you just... You just see it and it's done. It actually is not as grand as you thought it was It was going to be. Okay. You know? So, yeah, you had touristy so, experiences. The people were kind of rude. And it wasn't all yeah. that spectacular. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, you know, that's fair. Sorry I interrupted you. You were about to say something. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, the, I would definitely say the countryside of, of France, though, I would say differently. And people, of course, are more low-key. It's just like here in America, you know, mm. you go in the country and people are low-key, you know, keep it to themselves on their own land. Yeah. Kind of the same thing out there. Okay. Uh, but it's more homey feel. Um, and, and, of course, you have the more welcoming local aspect, too, I okay. would say. No, that's honest. That's honest. I appreciate your, your honesty. <laughs> well, you said you had to take, like... You had to use the uh, was it ginger chews and and dramamine and everything. <coughs> was that throughout the whole trip, or did you eventually get used to get used to being on there and didn't really do with seasickness so much anymore? I I eventually got used to it. Okay. Like in the beginning, it was kind of rough because I actually never been on a cruise ship boat, mm-hmm. and that would be my only recommendation. <laughs> Is to like go on some type of boat before you get on this boat for a long period of time, like maybe for a couple hours or something, just to see where you're at. Uh, I'm not saying you can't do semester at sea, but I would just say at least you know how to prepare yourself when things come. Because I remember there there was one night where um, there was a thunderstorm. Mm. And um, they told everyone to come in and stuff. And the boat is rocking. I mean, seriously wow. rocking. And you're in the cabin. I'm in the cabin. It's like at, at the bottom, like the bottom, bottom, like mm-hmm. Titanic sinking bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and we have the window facing, you know, on the outward. So we could see the water go up and down. Oh, and it goodness. gets really dark. Then it doesn't get dark. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's kind of scary, and it's not, my roommate thought it was fun. So, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I was I was just like, holy moly! Mm. Um, but it was it was intense. I I did my best to take some uh, some of my ginger cheese and stuff. But other than that, I think I at a certain point didn't have to take it anymore because I just got used to the boat kind of rocking back and slowly very slowly okay so yeah mm-hmm. all right well, that's good any homesickness since you were away for a good amount of time at the time i was with my boyfriend and who is now my fiance oh and nice. uh we had a little bit of a rough time beforehand before i left just just some ups and downs mm-hmm. and our biggest fear is that this moment of me being away and him doing also his own thing. And maybe that's, I see it now as maybe something we needed of us being far away from each other, that it would cause a drift in our relationship. 
when all in all, it actually caused us to miss each other more and want us to be more with each other. Mm. So that definitely set in stone. But I will definitely say this. Figure out your cell phone plan or your communication plan <laughs> beforehand because yes. when you're out there on the ship, <laughs> you know, there is not really a such thing as Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And their own version of Internet, I cannot describe enough, is like dating back to the early 90s. Mm. I mean, it's it's crazy. So <laughs> um, definitely figure that out before you get off the ship because... Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty rough. Um, okay, yeah. So semester at sea sounds sounds like you had a really cool experience. And today, as you mentioned, you you um, you know you're in Houston and you have she's so real, right? Where you talk to women in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. correct? I was curious. In yeah, terms of, yeah. Like, like the entertainment industry. People usually think about LA or New York or maybe even like Atlanta. But I, I was curious mm-hmm, for you mm-hmm. what it's like to be in Houston and also be someone who's involved in entertainment. Definitely. So Houston being the fourth largest city mm-hmm. and, and also one of the most diverse cities in America it actually, it's pretty cool. And I'm actually kind of surprised that Houston hasn't stepped up, I would say, more so. Mm. But I would also say, too, Austin takes that presence more more than Houston. Uh, yeah. So just because the music scene there is off the charts and a whole bunch of um, tech companies are also moving out here in Texas, Houston and Austin especially. Mm-hmm. So... But Houston has a big music scene, and one of the biggest music scenes out here is, for sure, the the rapping scene, (laughs) Mm, (laughs) of course, you know. I mean, there's other genres, too, that are down here that people don't know about. But the the scenes down here is amazing, and that's actually one of my goals, is to get into more local artists Mm. down here in Houston, before they become another Beyonce or Megan Thee Stallion, yeah. you know, or ZZ Top or someone like that, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of folks don't know that a lot of these great, even film directors too, and, and folks in that nature come out of Houston because mm-hmm. they have so much to offer in the diverse of their storytelling or in their artistry. Yeah. So um, I would definitely say Houston is turning heads for sure. But it's, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And the great thing, too, is is that we have land. We're kind of like in the middle of L.A. and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also helps, too, in terms of like a middle ground of touching down. Like, hey, I'm going to stop here and do some stuff or stop here. Yeah. I know there's a couple of studios down here. And I also know the film scene is crucial down here as well. And I'm digging more into that as I get it's like start filling out more stuff in my uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited because, and also kind of bummed at the same time because 2020, I had all these plans for my <laughs> podcast and yeah. it just like, <laughs> and I'm sure you did too. And, um, but it just kind of, I won't say fully fell through. Like I still launched certain things and I'm very proud of the things I have accomplished, but mm-hmm. it's just puts a damper on some of the mood because I've been watching a lot of the 
news coming out of the theater area, music area, and just mm-hmm. entertainment overall. And it's rough to watch because, to be quite honest, unless you're a very popular person, celeb, musician, performer, film director, whatever, you yeah. usually don't get you know, coverage or you're not seen on that level unless you're a part of those little local groups that they have, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that's something I think we need to change, you know, in the entertainment and music uh, and film industry, you know? But yeah, I really think that COVID has um, really showed us who are the top guns mm. in the film and entertainment industry as well. Yeah. You know, like Disney, yeah, they furloughed some people and they knocked off folks, but they're still do- doing okay for the most part, mm-hmm. you know? You got Rock Nation, who is, you know, pumping out stuff. You have Live Nation. They're not doing a lot of concert-based things anymore, but they're still roughly okay. And then you have folks like Spotify and Mm. things like that. So um, it just really shows you who has the money and who doesn't have the money and how things need to be structured when these things happen. Yeah. So, and Mm. don't get me wrong, I'm not a full-on expert on these things. I'm Mm. still learning myself through my guests and my own research. Mm -hmm. But I consider myself Someone who who is getting there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You are informed, probably more informed than the average person. And, you know, you're dedicated to it. So, you know, maybe on your way to being an expert, maybe. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that. I appreciate that because I don't, again, I don't know um, a ton about Houston or the entertainment industry in Houston. So I appreciate your, your insight. I was wondering why, uh, for your show, why you decided to focus on uh, women in the film and entertainment industry. You know, why is that a, a particular interest or, or passion for you? Yeah, definitely. I'll first say that I actually had a podcast called uh, One Size Drink, and my name on there was called Miss Sips. <laughs> <laughs> and I did movie reviews with various friends, and I based my movie review on uh, how much I drink in my cup in the movie theater. Cause mm. let's be honest, you know, like if you like a movie, you barely go drink your drink. But <laughs> if you hate a movie, you know, you go try to go get a refill, maybe get some popcorn on top of that. And <laughs> you know, so that's, that's what I based my podcast off of at first. Mm. And I, at a certain point, I wanted to start taking it more seriously. And I saw that you can, you can turn your podcast into something that's full-time, even though it's, it does take some work at it. So um, I started investing in Facebook groups and and podcast moguls with uh, Nikayla Matthew uh, Okome. And she, she does her podcast is Side Hustle Pro. So mm-hmm. I really like hers. And just various other things, too. And at this point, I just relaunched. And I wanted, she said something, Nikayla said something along the lines of, you have to pick something where you niche in and where there is a need for it. And I saw that there wasn't a lot of, and maybe on the indie side, but not like on a grand scale mm-hmm. of podcasts that focus mainly on women when it came to entertainment, film, and music. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's a lot of 
discrepancies, too, that women face when it comes to these sectors in the industry that people are unaware of, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to give them a platform in my own way. And yeah, ever since then, I've had some very tremendous, uh, awesome guests on my show. And, and sometimes I still can't believe I've interviewed certain people. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it's, it's definitely a a going thing for sure for me. Um, I, of course, want to get to the big leagues where I start interviewing folks, you know, on the on the top deck. But yeah. I also want to shed light on indie artists and film directors and cinematographers and, and editors and producers, all all areas of that. So I don't want to forget anybody as well. So I want to have a good balance. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah, that's that's. That's pretty much the the purpose behind it. And we definitely delve into some topics where people don't talk about or people don't know certain things about that person or how they made up that project. Also, too, I try to keep it as real as possible, like Mm -hmm. girlfriends having conversations. And yeah, that's that's pretty much my approach right now. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I really appreciate your concept. And I do hope that you're able to, uh, I guess, strike that balance where, you know, talking to indie people or, um, and also talking to people like in the big league, so to speak. I'm sure that you'll get there in time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think your show is great. And I think, you know, what you're doing is really, um, necessary and interesting, you know, cause that, that has to be a big part of Thank it too. You. So, um, Thank yeah, you. no, for sure. This was supposed to be like a, I mean, it still is a big year for women in, in these sectors, but it was supposed to be even a bigger year without COVID and everything yeah. else happening. But you know, things need to come to light and that, and that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, with the black lives matter movement and yeah. other social justice things happening in the world. So I'm, taking notice of what is happening and trying to integrate it with people I talk to on the show and try to be aware of too where they are and do they align with my mission and values of the show because mm-hmm. that's I think that's one thing too I'm not saying you can't have anyone contradictive on your show but at the same time what's the point if they don't really deliver what you want them to deliver you know yeah like your goals are like i guess your values behind the show they it's kind of important that they align um yeah that's what you're saying yeah so as you mentioned the (laughs) the virus threw a wrench in uh a lot of people's plans including uh your, your plans that you may have had for your for your podcast maybe even plans that you might have had for like travel this year maybe but um oh. both oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm wondering you know still looking forward to when you might be able to get out there again uh, are there any places any countries that you are looking to visit uh in the future at some point yeah um I'm looking to, well, I was going to go to Japan this year, actually, mm. in a couple months, it was planned. However, that got canceled yeah. due to COVID. And of course, Japan being so close to China, uh, that didn't help as well. Mm. Um, and then 
I was also thinking of going out to the Caribbean, but that also failed as well. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's really hard at times because it's like, damn, you know, and now me and my fiance and we're planning our wedding and thank God our wedding is next May, but my fingers are really crossed at this point that we as America turn out okay in this Mm. whole COVID crisis because I want to get out of the country. And I think a lot of people are aiming on the same deal. (laughs) So my fingers are crossed for that. That would be so heartbroken if I had to postpone a wedding, but due to people's health and safety, Mm -hmm. I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, you said it's in May of next year, so hopefully it'll still be able to go off without a hitch. And um, yeah. hopefully you'll be able to go to... Well, I'm sorry your trips got canceled. Uh, hopefully you will be able to go to, to Japan and the Caribbean and, and wherever else you want to go in the future. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like, I, I, like, at a certain point, like, you have to realize what's better for you. Your, your health and staying alive mm-hmm. or jumping on that plane and potentially dying, to be quite honest. You yeah. know? So... Right. Um, anywhere within the states that you like to go? Because I know some people are, you know, trying to do uh, as, as safely as possible, trying to do like trips, small trips within the states just to get out, you know, since it's summertime and people yeah. don't want to be cooped up. Any any place like that within the states that you'd um, like to go? I have been thinking about going back to my hometown, Denver Co., Mm. and doing maybe some outdoorsy things, but I haven't decided that yet due to just everything happening. And But um, I'm trying to be innovative here at home. And also, uh, too, I've what I call my creative awakening during this period. I've been trying to shift some of my my funds more towards my next career aspirations and more towards podcast marketing. So we'll see if I die down on my hustle and grind a little bit, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like how you put that a creative, creative awakening. That's nice. I like how you put that. Yeah. It literally is because like, I feel like during these moments, you figure out what kind of person you are when you're trapped by yourself and you can't, you can't do much, especially for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what else can I do? What else am I good at? What else do I want to try? So, like, I re- I recently got back into photography. Oh, wow. And that's yeah. it, a little bit more into that. So, and I'm playing around in Lightroom. And I'm just trying to balance it out so I don't go, you know, lose my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. I, I totally mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thinking about semester at sea again, I'm wondering, just off the top of your head, if you if there are any like major takeaways or like lessons that you learned from yeah, from that experience. Yeah. I say one takeaway for sure is there were some people that I did not understand who would stay on the ship when we would dock into a country. And they said they don't want to explore country. Mm. I think that is honestly a waste of time and a waste of your life. Always get off the ship and do something in the country. Even if you've been there already, Mm -hmm. get off the ship 
and do something. Yeah. And the reason I say that is you may learn something new. You may see something different. There's some new events or festivals, whatever. Get off the ship when we dock into a country. Mm-hmm. Secondly, with any study abroad program, you need to be open-minded. And that that not only means with travel plans, but with people with things you interact with, things that you see that are completely different from your environment. Mm-hmm. Be open-minded to everything. I think when I first went to, I want to say Russia, I'm not say, I'm, I'm not going to say I was culturally uh, shell-shocked, but it's a different way of life a little bit up there, you mm-hmm. know? And also, too, it was majority white. Right. So I stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So having, yeah, so so having all eyes on you, sometimes it it feels weird, but you have to be open, open minded that they usually don't get probably that many black people of Mm. that far in Russia, you know? Yeah. So just for sure, stay open minded to all experiences and things that you encounter with. Thirdly, Take a lot of, um, or let me backtrack, definitely invest in more of the local scene than the tourist scene. Mm, Yeah. That may sound very cliche, but it's the truth because that's how you honestly will get the feel of each country or each city that you travel into. The more that you explore that scene also it's better for you in terms of blending in with people mm-hmm. and you'll less likely be also getting your stuff stolen too so that that's a that's another thing to keep mm. in mind <laughs> yeah um i know no one can change the color of their skin or the way they look but that is something to be mindful of mm. <laughs> for sure lastly i would definitely say Try to learn other people's languages and cultures before you go into there. Yeah. I think that will definitely help in terms of getting around and traveling. And also, too, when you meet local people and they see that you're trying for the most part, they're pretty helpful. Mm. They're pretty helpful. Yeah. Um, Oh, and I got, (laughs) I guess I have another takeaway. That's okay. Go Uh, ahead. And this goes back to the whole getting your stuff stolen. Be smart about the things that you bring with you and try to be a minimalist about it. Don't Mm. try to bring all your fancy stuff. If you are, just be very careful. I'm not saying everywhere in the world that they're going to snatch the shit at your hands, (laughs) but um, just be careful. Yeah. No, those are all... um... (laughs) I know. I got all these little... uh, these isms of myself so (laughs) no that's great that's really all that is very helpful advice or um you know takeaways from from your own experience so no i think all that is is great um the more the the more the better so yeah i i think that that was all that i had all the questions well no i have one last one um but i just wanted to see was there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience that i might not have asked you about food Oh, Food, yes. people, eat as much as you possibly can. <laughs> eat tons of food. That's all I can say. Eat the food. <laughs> Wonderful. Perfect. Oh, eat the food, people. Eat all the food. Yes. Yes. 
total I'm in total agreement here. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so my last question for you is where can people reach you or keep up with you online if you would like them to do so? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at AJ So Real, real spelling like the real, like R-E-E-L. If you're on Twitter, She's So Real. If you're on Facebook, She's So Real. If you're on Pinterest, She's So Real. Um, two, if you want to listen to my podcast, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can go to my website, She'sSoReal.com, and also listen there. And then hopefully I will be expanding more in the web design area and all those kinds of things. And I'll probably put an announcement through there, too. So, okay, yeah, that's where you can find me if you want some more, even travel tips on Semester at Sea. Or you just want to, what I call, stalk, too. So, and I'm cool <laughs> with that as well. So. <laughs> no, that's that's... That's great. Okay, yeah. So she's so real, basically everywhere on social media and everywhere, basically, you can everywhere where podcast listening is is happening. So okay, yeah, that's 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 all I have for you today. Thank you for sharing your time with me and telling me about your experiences. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. So I know this is I have. Oh, go ahead. Enjoyed my time with you, Danielle. You're hilarious. Am I? Oh, you're funny. Oh, thank you. I mean, you, you've you given me quite a few laughs, too. So, you know, you're also pretty funny yourself. So, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for now, I'm good. For now, uh, yeah, I'll just say thanks again for your time. And I'll, um, I'll be in touch. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Okay? Thank you so much. Same to you, Danielle. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later, AJ. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) All right, y'all. There it is. Thanks to AJ for being such a wonderful guest. And I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook and at YG Abroad on Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to this podcast wherever podcasts are. And you're welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher while you're at it. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So as I've mentioned, Young Gifted and Abroad is going on pause for the rest of the year, but we'll definitely be back in January, I think. That's what I'm aiming for, is January. But before that, I will be putting out a 10 cents episode next week monday november 2nd i'll just be doing as i normally do with those types of things reflecting on the show thanking people i feel like i need to thank and sharing any lessons that i've learned along the way this time around (laughs) so please look forward to that um, so i can give you all a proper send-off for 2020 yeah, I hope you tune into that. So you can look forward to hearing that 
next week. <laughs> but until then, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.